You have to be honest, though. You have to know when, okay, I need some help. I need some assistance. I need some deliverance. And you begin to talk with Holy Spirit because he's going to be the first person who begins to guide your heart and talk with you and help you go through the hard times with your spouse. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times, if you listen to Holy Spirit real good uh, and, and you obey him, a lot of times you may not even have to get the only purpose for the coaches for your marriage is because you're wanting to do a checkpoint, checkmate. And so I would say to you to uh, know your values, know what you like to produce, and know what type of marriage, what environment you want to come to in your home. Hey, y'all, you're listening to the 1140 Glory Truths and Promises podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. S.F. Walters. Listen, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm so excited to be doing this thing called life with each of you. You might be wondering who I am, so I'll give you the quick version. I'm an assistant professor and PhD level health services researcher and author, check out the start of something glorious and the founder of 1140 Glory. And now you're probably wondering what 1140 Glory is all about anyways. Well, the 11 refers to the number of days that it should have taken the Israelites to make it out of the wilderness into the promised land, but instead it took them a whole 40 years. Yes. 40 years to see the glory that God had waiting for them. Why? Because of murmuring, complaining, complacency, a lack of trust, and most of all, disobedience. You see, we all have to journey through the wilderness to get to our glorious promised land. And that's what this podcast is all about, journeying together, learning from the scriptures to know God more, growing together to trust God greater, and remembering to obey God in spite of the season. It's time to get out of the wilderness and into the promised land, holding on to the truths, promises, and a God who is faithful enough to see us through and never leave our side. I'm so excited for this week's episode, so let's go ahead and dive on in. Hey y'all and welcome to today's episode and this is another installment of From the Walters Couch and today we have with us the Fashaws, my lovely parents. Welcome to the couch, the Walters Couch. Uh, it's good to be here today and we have my in-laws, lovely in-laws here with us today. I like that, lovely. Uh, they're, uh, they're amazing <laughs> people, they're a blessing to our lives and glad to have this conversation. And as always, while we're on the couch, Diamond is somewhere walking around this house. So please pardon her if she's making too much noise or she randomly starts barking at some point. Yep, she might bark one or two times. Well, she's a part of the family now. She is. She's a part of the Walters couch. So welcome to our couch, y'all. Happy that you all could be here in person. You all are our first guests on our couch in person. Thank you. Glad to be here. So we're happy to have y'all here. We want to just start out by letting the people know who you are. So if you could just tell us your name, where you're from, where you live, what you do, what you've done. Oh, by the I know y'all are enjoying retirement. Oh, yeah. So by the way, you have a lovely couch. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Lumpy. Justin picked it out. Yeah, I picked it out and oh, I just sprayed it with a breeze. It's nothing like having a lazy... <laughs> Listen, a couch like this makes you lazy. It's nothing like having a lazy man. Being, oh. being retired 
being retired, that's one of the things that my uh, wife has to fight against to make sure, honey, come on, you got to move, make it happen now. I hear those vocals from her all the time. She's like, what are you going to do today? Set things in order. Let's go. I said, okay, <laughs> we'll get it done. Huh, honey? That's right. So tell us, who are you? Where are you from? What do you tell do? Tell us all the goods. Okay. Honey, would you like to go first? Yes, I'll go first. I'm Evie Stephanie Fashaw. Uh -huh. Give the whole a government name. Yes, yes. a.k.a. Stephanie, Prophet is Stephanie. I'm a member of His Touch Restoration Training Center, co-pastoring with my husband, Dr. G.L. Fashaw. Also, I'm a native of Florida. It's where our daughter was birthed, Boca Raton, Florida. I am Gregory L. Fashaw. I would love for you to call me G.L. when you can, but listen, I'm an alumni of PBA, and I also was at Florida A&M University. Had opportunities to study a little theology and and social work, and, and I'm just enjoying life now. I am retired, and but really, can I tell you the truth? I'm not retired. I just got started, just got and started. so we're doing. You know, we flip homes, we we dib and dab in, in real estate here and there. We're doing a little crypto. Hello, everyone. You better come into the crypto world. Crypto is making millionaires. Do you hear me? And so I'm really, I love marriage. Marriage is one of the greatest things that happened to me. I didn't know I was going to get married. You know, I met my wife and I think it was about seven days. How many days was it? Seven, eight days? Eight days. Eight days. I always say seven. She says eight. So we put it together and I proposed to her in, in eight days. Listen, someone out there, listen, don't be afraid. It can happen. In eight days, I proposed to her because I knew in my heart she was the one. I was praying. And right around the time I, you know, right around the time, honey, when I proposed to you, I was literally getting ready to go get this ring, you know, this ring and pretend that I was married. At the time, I was coming on different platforms, preaching, sharing the gospel, going out evangelizing. It's just fun. But, you know, I'm, I'll save some for later. I would like to say Shekinah. You are one of the greatest daughters anyone can ever have. I'm the only daughter that you have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So thank you for easy. saying that. I'm happy that you feel that way. <laughs> yes. And well, can I say one more thing? Sure. Justin. Yes. You are really growing. Since the time I met you, you have matured so much. I remember you just yeah. sitting there and it's like you had no words. Now it's like I can't, listen, I can't come in the door without you saying anything. This guy is so wise. He's an engineer and all that good stuff. I really love this couple. If I had to pattern uh, my marriage, I would look at Shekinah and Justin and say, man, they're doing it the right way. Thank so you. I want to say hats off to you guys. Thank Make you. sure you keep getting that honey out of the rock honey and it's going to work rock. for you. Yes. Okay. That's enough yeah. about me, guys. Okay. Cool. So these are my parents and I'm happy y'all can meet them. I think I want to start off. Should we do marriage advice? Best relationship yeah. advice? Yeah, we can do that. What That's is, a good conversation. You know, mm -hmm. one valuable piece, or you could give us a couple of valuable pieces of marriage or just general relationship advice mm -hmm. for those listeners that aren't married yet. Yeah. I would, the, the first very thing that I would set in a marriage after being married for um, 30 
five years. Let me just uh, note that he's looking at my mom for confirmation. <laughs> he's like, obviously, his eyes, his eyes are going up and down. Thirty-five, <laughs> thirty-five <laughs> years. Yeah, thirty-five years. Yeah, yes, and so thirty-five <laughs> years of marriage. The thing that is what comes out that I, what I had to learn, I thought. I was to shape and mold her into the woman that I wanted to see. And so and what the Lord began to train me was that through prayer, through listening, you know, through bumps and everything. And she kind of got the rough side of it. And I just had finally laid back and allowed her to be the woman God designed her to be. And instead of me molding her, shaping her, I thought being a wonderful wife a great woman with a man was th- that she was to think like me. <laughs> One of the things that you can do wrong is try to get your spouse to think like you. Right. And right. the moment you do that and you begin to go down that trail where you want your spouse to think like you, can I promise you, you will need a timeout pill. The timeout pill means that you need to chill, relax, because it's going to be frustrating. I don't care how much you want your spouse to think like you, it is not going to work. How can a woman think like a man in a house? I don't know how I felt with they, that. But they thought they could have a book. I mean, they wrote a book to help us think like a man, yeah. but uh, I don't know work. if it works. It doesn't, it doesn't work. work. It doesn't work. And so, and so that would be the first thing I would bring to the table. Give yourself time, space, and and the qualities that you're looking for one another because you know what time you get married and you're just at that altar you know he's that shining what come on guys he's yeah. your shining armor he's your Nine shining knight shining armor uh, yes mm-hmm. he's like he's your dream you're like oh my god this is happening I'm at the altar he's gonna marry me. and you just expect everything to be like so beautiful and then when you get into the home and you find out he doesn't do things then you begin to say, wow, marriage is really building two people who are who may do things differently where they have to compromise. So you will have to compromise in order for your marriage to blend in. And once it starts blending, it'll be just like a rainbow. Mm-hmm. There's a golden pot at the end of it. Trust mm-hmm. me. For 35 years, I can say, I have a pot of gold over here. Glory to God. My advice to women would be, know that you are a wise woman. Know that you're the rib that comes from a man's side. Don't ever feel inferior that he won't listen because he will listen to every soft tone that you've spoken. I think about Abigail and Nabal. So many times we focus on Nabal, how foolish she was. Do we got to really bring Nabal in this? He's out. We're thinking about (laughs) Abigail. What a wise woman she was to cover her husband. Hallelujah. So in everything that we do as women, we take back. I found out that as I listen and say, okay, Lord, what would you like me to do? And God will give you the answer. Holy Spirit speaks to you every time. No, I'm not just saying Bible, 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 but it is what has worked for me, Mm -hmm. truly worked for me, Mm -hmm. to be a listening ear. Men want someone to listen. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I would agree. I think, you know, through life or like through the day, sometimes you just want to have somebody just listen to your thoughts and like what's in your head and not really 
you know, tell you what to do or how to do it, but just say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. And just, you know, confide in what you're feeling throughout the day. And I think you do that now. And Aww. I think that's good. So. Thanks, husband. Yeah. <laughs> and, and another thing is to enjoy. It's not, you know, a lot of times with us, it was always like you would think it's a place of correction when there's an easier way and a better way. Because the way you've been doing it so long doesn't mean that it is the best way. Mm-hmm. Or it's the way of excellence for you two. So a lot of times we, we can easily pattern our relationship from the marriages or the homes that we come from yeah. and grew up in. And that's, you know, like the old American way, the old traditional way. And, you know, but who said it was the, that was the way for every marriage? So we have to take time and find out, you know, the pressure points, what really, what really bothers her. That's what I need to know. What really moves her? That's what I need to know. What will bring the best out? So guess what? I'm looking for my wife to treat me like a king. Well, how can I get her to treat me like a king when I just say, would you just move over here? You know, (laughs) when I could have easily said, honey, it would really help me if you move over here. So your language. So don't make a person believe that they must think like you and know what you're thinking and then don't have the voice tones you got to begin to learn to be an artist in your language mm-hmm. with each other because it will pull out the sweetest honey and everything you know if you just have the right words and have the right things to say you can get a woman to do anything for you and then you know when she when you find out there's a certain time I need you to call me or would like for you to call me Fit right in there. That's easy. Hey, how you doing, honey? How things going? She hear that? When you come home, you were like, man, you have a desire for a cake or something sweet or something. And before you know it, you didn't even ask her and she already have it. How does that work? I don't know. That's God's business with married people. So would you say that, you know, through relationship and through marriage, those things come out through like time and being in a marriage and understanding your partner's thoughts and what they need for you to move and progress in your marriage right because I think when me and Shekinah got married first off it was like you know we moved in together and then there's things that I did that may annoy her and things that she did that may annoy me right yeah. and you kind of live how to you figure out how to you know live in one space and like what makes it work so do you think that comes with like time and patience with your partner with your wife and husband and wife I believe it comes with time and patience as well, but then it comes with the conversation. You have your daily, you know, nothing that lasts two hours or three hours, but daily you talk about was your day good, how did it go, were you satisfied with how I treated you, I was satisfied with how you treated me or I wasn't, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. It's just good to communicate. It truly is. Wow. You hit that on the head. Communication is is so unique. And then you need to understand how your spouse communicate and what avenues they communicate in because you really desire to meet that need, you know. You desire to meet that need of of your spouse. I want to go back to the beginning where you started talking about how you all met seven days, eight days, it's still up for debate, got engaged, 
got married four months later, still married 35 years later. And I want to know what made you all get married so fast, so soon, with that quickness. Like, what made you know that you were, yep, this is it. Good summary. Well, along with the Lord speaking and showing, because as he asked me one night, do I think I can marry a person like him? I said, sure. You're in the word. You love the Lord. You have a job. You know, you know how to treat your. So therefore, you know how to treat a wife, Mm -hmm. those sort of things. So after he asked me to marry him on the eighth day after I met him. (laughs) New beginnings. Yes. Then we talked and it could have been like while he was on deputy duty. One Thursday night, he said to me that after he proposed on a Monday, on Thursday night, well, when do you think we should get married? Ask the Lord and see. I later found out he had a time frame. He didn't have a date, but a time frame. So as the Lord showed me this vision of a desk calendar, small desk calendar, and I was flipping the page, and the hand of the Lord will flip it back. I will flip the page again, and the wind will flip it back. And then I flip again. I'm like, Lord, but this is not a year. The Lord said and showed me on the calendar, December 12th. The date you're to get married is Friday, December 12th. And it was 19, not 1987. It was 1986. So therefore, we, we got married in four months. We just planned a wedding. So God truly spoke. And according to him... It was a confirmation to his desires and what he asked the Lord. He wanted to get married this year. He didn't want to wait until next year. Mm. Wow, that was so true. I remember that day. I was literally trying to back out. She didn't know that, but I knew she did not know when we needed to get married and things of that nature. And, And I knew it was in December. And so when she looked at the calendar and everything and it I said, if she can't answer this, I said, this will be my way out. I will spend quality time. In pr- I be- I'm a believer, and I believe the Lord will direct our path, mm-hmm. and that God can literally speak to us, yes, no, or God just convey to us what we should do. So without going into the depth of, of that, I just knew uh, I had an apostle that I was sitting under, and I would travel from Derry to Miami. And from Derry to Miami, then I would go and spend quality time at ministry in Miami almost all day and come back. But then uh, there was something unique the pastor, uh, uh, Apostle saw, and he pulled me in the office and said, young man, what are you going to do? I said, I'm getting ready to do ministry full time. I'm going to evangelize. And it's like, I'm going to bring the world to Christ. He looked at me, he said, young man, before you go out trying to bring the world to Christ, get you a wife. <laughs> he said that. I said, what? I was so broken. I just knew he was going to lay hands on me. This fire was going to hit me and the anointing. He was going to send me out and I was going to go evangelize. I just saw folks getting saved, delivered, healed, man. It's just crazy, you know, that part of my life. And so, but then he just bust my bubble, slowed me down and says, it's not like that. He said, if you go out there and, and young man, with where you just coming from, college and everything, and he said, there's so many wolves out there. Say, them ladies will try to eat you alive. Get you a wife. And so he said, so then when you get your wife, this is when you come back in here. Then I will ordain you and, 
and, and work with you and, and help train you. And so um, after that, next Sunday, between next Sunday and a couple of weeks, I missed that Sunday then, and I came back, and I said, okay, I knew I was going to have a wife. And so I went to one of the services at Macedonia, this church in Boca Raton, but guess what? Let's make it real short. I was invited by her sister, Sabrina. Mm -hmm. I was fasting. It was on a Wednesday. That Wednesday, I was on a three-day fast. And on the three-day of fasting, I was praying. I had to go to this store called Winn-Dixie. Some people probably don't know because Winn-Dixie is kind of like fading away. Mm -hmm. You know, if you know Aldi's and stuff like that. So it was a shop. So when I went there, Sabrina was working behind the counter uh, in the deli area. And she said, Greg Fashaw. And she went to scream because we went to high school together. Mm -hmm. And her husband was one of my best friends. And so I said, wow, Sabrina. And then she's like, wow, I heard you preaching and all that. Because I, when I went in, I was singing hallelujah songs. Mm -hmm. And then she looked up and saw me and said, wow, that's you. She said, I want you to come preach for me. And so, and so and then that's how it happened. So I went to the church that Sunday and I met your lovely mother. <laughs> and so when she came in there, I did not know who she was because Sabrina showed me a picture of her sister, Stephanie. <laughs> that was not so favorable. That picture looked like, I'm like, well, who is that? <laughs> it looked like, who is that? You know how sometimes you can just have a bad picture. Yeah. Well, her sister was walking around this bad picture. <laughs> I couldn't understand why. Like, it don't make sense. So she sort of said, this is my sister. See, she runs the program. I said, okay. So I was looking for her sister in church and couldn't find her. And then she pops up and she's the one facilitating the program. I said, that's her sister. That ain't the one I saw. So it was just shocking. But then, so I began to sit there and pray in the spirit and I prayed and I prayed and I said, and then I began to listen to her. And what happened was, I was able to hear the heartbeat of God. I was able to hear the voice of God through her voice. And uh, meaning, she was connected. She was connecting with the Lord. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And I said, and I looked. And it wasn't the beauty or nothing like that. It was just my heart went out mm -hmm. and touched. And I made connection with her spirit. And I said, okay, Lord, I can marry this lady right here. Mm -hmm. That was the first, from the first day I said, Lord, I can marry this lady right here. She has good faith. She's in the house of the Lord. And, and I started praying and I started praying and I said, okay, Lord, we'll see. So for three days I prayed. Three days. You know, I usually pray three hours. And so I spent about nine hours crying out to God, talking about her. And so then God kind of like gave me a sign and let me know that I could propose to her and everything. I tried to invite her to a Bible study. And then we ended up at Bible study from Bible study. Then we went to a all night prayer meeting and everything. So you know. Bible study was the first date. Yes. Technically. Yes. Bible study was the first day. I invited him to my ladies' Bible study that Friday night. Uh, uh, Why? Because you wanted to introduce him to one of your friends. She did. Yes. She went she, home. Girl, no, I found you a hug. That was at church, but I, I invited him. Before he proposed, I invited him that Friday night to my girls' Bible study study that we had every Friday night. It was so awesome, so anointed. It was. Prophetic word came 
that I would have a husband. God is sending me a husband. I'm like, hmm, okay. Mm. And that same night, he invited me to Fort Lauderdale to his midnight prayer. Mm. So we were in Bible study and prayer from like 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. the next morning. Because it was all night. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, all night prayer. <laughs> so in that in that meeting, Apostle Shelley Ball came to me and she prophesied that the Lord has given me a husband, uh, given me my heart's desire. And by the time she finished prophesying, she said, is that Brother Greg the Lord is talking about? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I just said, I don't know, Lord, what's going on? <laughs> because I had a dream and I... You know, nobody wants to walk in lust. Mm -hmm. And that Thursday morning, I had a dream that I was having a baby wow. and didn't want nobody's baby but Greg Fashaw. My sister woke up from a dream and said, Steph, I had a baby in a stroller, a baby boy, and you had a baby boy in a stroller. And I just scratched my head. I said, hold that thought. I'm on my way to work. And I finished getting dressed, and I just went down the road praying wow. and like, Lord, Cleanse my heart, purify me. Mm. I don't want lust of body with me. And that but see, it's amazing. That's how confirmation works. The story that pops in my head is when Mary ran to Elizabeth. Yes. And Elizabeth was the confirmation as the baby leaped inside of her that the Savior was inside of Mary. And so it's, you know, I often look to that story because along that story, Mary you know, was fearful and the angel yes. had to tell her, don't be fearful. And there were just so many confirmations that happened to bring it all to pass. And with Mary fearfulness, she wasn't married yet. Right. So Joseph had to cover her in a whole nother way. Man, Mary was out here pregnant. Okay. And Joseph was like, all right, I don't think I can do this one. <laughs> and God really just had to intervene there. And that's how we got our savior. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> It's amazing how God brings those confirmations. Now, let me ask you all, because I think that story is absolutely amazing, right? And I think for a very long time, I thought I was going to be able to beat y'all seven, eight days. And I thought <laughs> I was going to be able to beat y'all for a month. She tried. <laughs> and she tried. Just she tried. I didn't even try. No, stop it. I didn't okay. try that Could with you. you. I used a different approach with okay. you, okay? She Could tried. you imagine being married? And just before the PhD and seeing what you were going through, be like, okay, God, where are you? Come help me. Yeah, yeah so, so that's God's really timing. my question is for those, because there are still people who are meeting folks mm -hmm. and in four months getting engaged, six months getting engaged, yes. a year getting married after just having started dating. And many of them really may be hearing the voice of God. They may have all of these confirmations. But even with God, yes. I know that it is still a process. So I want to get at, you know, what advice do you specifically have for those couples that barely know each other mm -hmm. and, and are about to get married mm -hmm. or are about to get engaged? I believe that you fast, you pray, you seek godly counsel. Because mm -hmm. even with Moses and Horbad mm -hmm. in the wilderness, God gave Moses direction, but he still wanted someone who knew the wilderness to stay with him. Mm -hmm. So as a young lady, when I left church that Sunday, I went home to call my prayer partner and tell her 
I met your husband. She in turn told me, that's my husband. I'm like, it's just Jesus and I. I'm not thinking about a man. But nevertheless, in all of that, when God spoke, I still sought the Lord. I still, I don't know, I was sure, but you still want to be sure because we heard him say that I was trying to get out of it. Well, I think we all were trying to get out of it, like, and until the Lord speaks to you and say, look, I've ordained this. So you have to know that you heard the voice of the Lord. You have to know that you're going to work it out because it doesn't work itself. You just have to know that you have to lean, depend, and trust on the Lord, and you're not about yourself. If it's all about being selfish, you're not, you won't be able to work that marriage. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Yeah. Say that again. If it's all about being selfish. Selfish, you, self-centered. Mm-hmm. Yes, go ahead. And cool. not selfless. Mm-hmm. Then you will not be able to work the marriage that God has ordained for you. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're selfish in, in, in your marriage, what happens is you won't bend. You won't give. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what's inside of you, you mean no harm. You mean you're not trying to be harsh and all, but you just, all you see is your point. But you got to understand, too, our entire life, we've been walking and moving as an individual, evolving, coming into, and we always been making decisions for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have a partner. But now I can't just make a decision for myself. I have to consider my partner. And then I have to make sure that I'm not trying to manipulate my partner to always be in agreement with me. So how does that work? I guess she kind of asked that question and we'll go closer into that later. But yes, it's so important. Now, coming to know what should you do, you have to make sure that you are willing to die to self. Yes. Uh, I'm speaking to believers, I believe, here on this platform. And maybe believe those who are not believers, they will understand. You, you really have to come to a place to where you're willing to, let's say this word that people don't like too much anymore, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You have to sacrifice and you have to compromise something you're going to enjoy and like yourself for the other person. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, you won't make it. Period. Mm-hmm. Especially in this day and time. Yeah. This world system is set up, take, take, take. Yeah. Not to give, but take. So what do I have to do to make sure she's happy as a husband, as the head of the house, the man of the house? I have to make sure she's happy, she's comfortable, and then I have to make sure that I don't take my authority and manipulate I have to make sure I don't become a sorcerer in my marriage. That's a strong word, but we'll stop it right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I've also heard you all say, especially you, Dad, say things about you have to, and tell Justin, you have to know how to get honey from a rock. Oh, my God. Yes, what, does what does that mean? mean? What does that mean? Yeah. That means that the trials you're going to have, the season that you, if you go through the season, you will always stay and you will always deal with that rock and you'll never get the honey out of it if you don't deal with your season properly. If you don't deal with your trial and your test. The reason the trial comes in your marriage so that you will be able to carry the glory. 
You will be able to carry the story. You will be able to carry the blessing of God to others. Because if you if you blowing up every chance, every time you turn around, if it's not your way, it has to be your way. I promise you, you're not going to get that honey. You're just getting something that he or she just want to give out an obligation now. Now it's not passionate. Mm-hmm. It's not oneness. It's not loving. It's not tender. But it'll all be a pretending that you're really happy. Let me share with you like this. Man, I used to boast more than any man on earth about my wife and how crazy she is about me and how much she loved me. One day I had Shekinah and Mel sitting at the table. It's one morning. And the only reason I had that because there's a dear friend of mine. She's an anointed sister in the Lord. And I, when I was working out to Atlantic High School, guess what? Man, every day I will talk about how happy my wife is and how happy we are and how blessed we are. She literally came to me. I can't say what she said, but she did say, I'm so tired of you hollering about my wife, my wife, my wife is different. I even had a phone that says, my wife, my wife, my wife is calling. You better pick up, pick up, pick up. That was his room. It's your wife. That's when the phones started coming out and stuff. I know, guys, that's kind of funny and crazy, right? But that's what I had and everybody, and I was just my wife. You know what she said to me one day? She said, you know what? I'm so tired of you. And and you know what? You just, all you holler about how happy your wife is. You don't even know if your wife is happy. I said, I do know my wife is happy. I said, a demon or something is talking through you? I said, what are you talking about? She said, oh, you don't know if your wife is happy. I said, oh, I know my wife is happy. She said, promise me. Promise you what? Promise me you're going to go home, sit down, and ask your wife face to face and to be totally honest and ask her, is she happy? And I asked her, I said, honey, I have a sincere question. I just knew what the answer would be. I said, honey, tell the truth. Aren't you happy? Be honest. Please be honest. She That's just, not how you were supposed to ask that question. Yeah, First of all, leading that question. leading question, aren't you happy? <laughs> not are you happy, but right. are you, go ahead. And so when I did that and sent to the table and she looked, we were having, we was having breakfast. And she said like, huh. okay, I'll be honest <laughs> since you want to know. Because we, we made a decision that we would be honest with. That's we, right. That, now we did do that, yeah. but I, I never asked. So I asked her, I said, honey, aren't you happy? She like, she looked. She said, no, I'm not happy. I hit the table. I hit the, I raised my hand with my fist. (laughs) She don't want me to tell this part, but I'm transparent. I hit the table. Boom. What you mean you are not happy? Where was I? I was broken. At the table? You was at the table. You know, that's the first time y'all ever seen I must have locked that away. (laughs) Listen, you know, it wasn't that violent. I was just surprised. It was like, you know, out of stirred excitement. Like, what you mean you're not happy? It's no, this is impossible. What you mean you're not happy? So she says, honey, I'm sorry. I'm just not happy. Then I saw, I say, there's no way. There's no way. What you mean? What have I done? And all of this, and my heart was broken. And, um, then she was sitting there and she began to explain to me. I said, but you never, she said, you never asked. Thank you. She said, you never asked. I said, what you mean? I said, 
this is unbelievable. I don't believe this. And so guess what happened? After that, I began to revamp and begin to yes. look at things differently. And I began to, I didn't know everything. I was always making everything about me. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And I went back to the school. Man, I couldn't get to the school fast enough. Mm. I'm coming through the door, and she come up, and she say, yeah, now nah, I want to know. Did you ask your wife? I said, yeah, I asked my wife. Well, what did she say? She said, we got to work on some things. <laughs> so more, so it's like more of the story is yes. like you need to yes. really dig deep with your partner and actually have that conversation and take pride out of your marriage because mm. pride is something Ooh, that can really word. bring you down and not really get to the root cause of any issue pride right and I think that's something that we all kind of deal with a little bit of self pride and how we envision things or how we want things to go and I think that's something that can really take your relationships to the next level you know yeah and And we're two people becoming one Mm. that's what it is so we're still becoming one our ways and everything still becoming one and what would always stick in the back of my mind is the teachings from the older ladies the married ladies would say, women, you set the temple of the home. You're happy, the husband happy, the children are happy. Do you want your children to go through? I don't want my children to go through nothing but peace, joy, and righteousness. That, that's where I stood. And the, the scripture that really stuck out to me always was 1 Peter 3 and 7. The latter part of it says, do nothing that your prayers be hindered. I did not want to spend hours, days fasting and praying and my prayers be hindered because when you go to suggest or you go to speak, give your ideas or whatever, it should not come with confrontation, be compatible. It, you know, you should be able to flow as two people, whether you've been married two months or 20 years, you should be able to flow in a reasonable way and someone not be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It should be a mutual agreement. Yeah, I think that's real. Mm-hmm. And with us, we didn't come up with, you know, counselors or we didn't go sit with someone and talk. We came When we came together in ministry, we came together and we would go out and witness and we did things and we just went to... But now we know, after 35 years, if we would have had some counseling, a lot of things we bumped into, we wouldn't have had to. We wouldn't. Mm. It, 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 our marriage could have been a whole lot smoother. We could have made a lot of uh, decisions that we made we would not have made. But through it all, let me tell you something. I am getting the honey out this rock. Amen. <laughs> Do you hear me? The honey is flowing. And... Listen, no one can pay me to do this over. Mm-hmm. There's not enough money on earth because what I'm learning and what I have learned by uh, being molded and changed, Holy Spirit worked with us, and this woman here is wise. Now, if it was someone else, so I know she's the one God gave me. Oh, man, there's not another woman on earth could have married me but this woman right here. <laughs> so how do you... How do you suggest people go and find this godly counsel, you know, because you want people to go to someone that has, that they trust, right, and is giving them the right information and the right tools, right, to be successful in their marriage or in their engagement. Uh, so how do how does a couple go about finding these people to confide in and 
help them through these situations, even if they're, I guess, if they're involved with the church or if they're not involved with the church, how do they start getting into that situation? The right counsel. Yeah. The right counsel. You have to do some research first. You look at your marriage. First, you sit down and you write things of what you would like to come forward in your marriage. And then you look at the values that you stand for and live in. And then you begin to look to those who are professional. And, and then you look for those who God will plant in your life who may not be a professional, but they have that same type of spirit of what you're searching for. And so then um, once you do that, I promise you, the greatest teacher you're going to have and the greatest teacher you will have, Shekinah, is the inner person within you. If you would be honest with yourself within you, that's going to be your greatest teacher. You have to be honest, though. You have to know when, okay, I need some help. I need some assistance. I need some deliverance. And you begin to talk with Holy Spirit because he's going to be the first person who begins to guide your heart and talk with you and help you go through the hard times with your spouse. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times, if you listen to Holy Spirit real good uh, and, and you obey him, a lot of times you may not even have to get the only purpose for the coaches for your marriage is because you're wanting to do a checkpoint, checkmate. And so... I would say to you to uh, know your values, know what you like to produce, and know what type of marriage, what environment you want to come to in your home. And so, and always remember this, that the Lord left the responsibility for the wife to build a home. If you're living by scripture, through the scriptures, and not the letter, but the spirit of the scriptures. And it teaches us to where if what you're going to share, if it's not going to bring peace, then you go take it before the Lord and let him show you how to do it. If what you're going to bring is not going to bring righteousness, you have to take it to the Lord. If it's not going to bring encouragement, etc., when you get ready to do something, now you know how to, before you make any decisions, pray over it. Wait patiently. Trust Trust the Lord to help. And so there's, you know, there's times I would try to demand a, a question. I mean, I would demand an answer from my wife and she, she literally wouldn't give it to me. Mm. I said, no, you got to answer me now. If this is going to work, you got to answer me now. She said, no, I'm not going to answer you. She said, why do I have to? No, mm -mm. I'll talk to you later. Because she knew, guess what she knew? She knew if she answered me now, I wasn't going to enjoy what she had, what she responded. I wouldn't enjoy the answer. Yeah. So as she learned to know the moves and swings, so this is what's going to help you more than anything. And because someone has to be able to surrender for peace. Someone has to surrender their point. You know, it's red. Yeah. But no, it's really dark red. Yeah. That's not red. That's dark red. It's red. That's not red. It's dark red. Well, so what? See, whether it, if it turned purple, if it turned yellow, is it going to make a difference? Mm -hmm. No. So, okay, honey, you say it's dark red. Oh, I can see. I understand what you're saying now. 
Okay, it's dark red. And you pray about it and you take your time. And why? Because you're pursuing peace. But along with pursuing that peace, you leave the door open so that you can come back and say, now, I shared that with you and I flow with you so that I wanted you to see. Because every time someone comes by here, what they say? They say it's dark red. Well, what you think it is then? <laughs> I have a question mm. for couples where one of the spouses does not want to go to counseling. Mm. How do you work through that as the spouse who does want to go to counseling, mm. but then your spouse mm. doesn't want to go? This is when you have to be wise. You go to the glossary, you go to the library, the ethics of, of marriage and books, and you start pulling out information. And you start pulling out key things that will help your relationship because you know the temperament of it. You know the highs and low of your marriage. And then you take, if they're not going to go to counseling, right here in the book, etc. And you begin to work with them there. And you begin to softly work and begin to get them to see, you know, and, and, and say, listen, this is not about you nor me. This is about the greater. And then, then you have to get them to step out of who's... Because a lot of times it's like, I have the last word. I'm the one who has the power. And, and my wife used to tell me, she said, yes, you have the power. The authority, yes, And the authority, have. yes, you do have that. <laughs> and so this is why God said for the woman to build the house. So with your power and your authority... Don't be foolish mm. and tear it down. Mm -hmm. And so, go ahead. In a marriage, you need accountability. Mm -hmm. And if one spouse believes that you need, let's say the lady believes that you, we need counseling. The one thing the Bible says that a husband should honor the weaker vessel, his mm -hmm. wife. He should go to counseling. He should give it a chance because the scripture says, and this is truth and promises, so therefore I know we're talking about someone in the word. As mm -hmm. you say, you know someone. So he should honor his wife as a weaker vessel because if he doesn't want to go to counseling, she wants to go. Go help her out. She needs to help. Yeah, yeah I think that's real. Yeah, I think uh, just like, I guess, being in a new marriage, right, with me and you, it's like some things, as a man, you feel like you have pride and like you feel like, oh, I need to, this is not the way I want to do it. But you really have to take a step back and be like, the way I want to do it is not always the right way. You know, and there's better ways to get to the the pot of honey or the gold, you know. Mm -hmm. So you really need get to. Get the honey out of the room. Yeah, rock. exactly. And, it, and it's not about right. It's mm -hmm. about making it a peaceable agreement, a peaceable, exactly. keeping the covenant peaceable. I like mm -hmm. when Apostle taught this teaching we say that love brings peace no peace build comes into a marriage it's not just the love you need you need the peace mm -hmm. because the scripture tells us it's better to be on a rooftop than to be in a home with a nagging woman mm -hmm. so we don't want the women to nag mm -hmm. you know what really deals with a man more than anything it's not love that a man is so focused on. A man don't focus so strongly on love, whether you love him. A man focuses on respect. Mm. And see, and a lot of times people, they misplace, they misplace it. Yes, you may love me and all, but do you respect me? Mm -hmm. A man will, mm, 
go off balance a whole lot easier if he believes he's not having respect. Mm. I'm not talking about foolishness. I'm talking about, you know. Yeah. Yes. So the art, the artwork of a relationship with a man will always hinge upon respect. Because a man would know that you love him. Because you can love a man, but if you don't respect him, forget it. Yeah. Love is the last subject now. Mm-hmm. It's not even a conversation. Yeah. Honey, you just sitting here smiling. Why are you smiling like that? That's true. You, mm-hmm. you have to respect people. You respect one another, but I don't know what that part is in the heart of a man. It's a way that God, it's, it's how God made us in a sense. But then if we don't have um, wisdom with it, we can really damage the marriage, you know. Because some men, I won't go there, yeah. but some men are not as balanced as others. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. And, and they can really lose it, you know. Diamond. Hi, Diamond. Diamond is visiting. Diamond is like, she like what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let me, so I think the last thing, sorry, did you complete your thought? Yes. I, okay. The last thing I wanted to ask you all, because we're about out of time now, we have some Truths and Promises listeners that are starting a new journey. Wow. One that I just want to keep the people calm, that Justin and I are not on yet, and that is the journey of parenting. <laughs> We are dog parents, but we are not parenting any little human beings and human souls right now. Not yet, but we want to get from you all, since you've raised two lovely children, including myself, the favorite, and then my brother. We want to get from you all, you know, one piece of parenting advice. How did you all, I have a lot of people, I had someone come on the podcast that said, I want to know how your parents did what they did with you. So, how do, what's the secret sauce? How do you... Just before, I'm going to make it real quick, I promise. I remember when you came to me, and I don't know whether you came to me or not, but some kind of way it was about you trying to be a friend to some boy. Or some boy wanted to be your friend. And this boy wanted to be your friend. I said, I tell you what, Shekinah. She said, you're not going to allow me, all the others are dating and all, you're not going to allow me to date or anything. I said, oh, I will allow you to date. And she's like, what? I said, yeah. I said, but after six months of dating Jesus. Was it nine months? No. It was six months? Okay. After six months, I said, you give me six months of faithful prayer, six months of faithful reading the word, six months of having a relationship with Jesus, then I will allow you to see whoever you want to see. And so one of the things I did with you, I made it exciting. I said, it's going to be fun. I said, you just have to date Jesus. And I said, if you will honestly date Jesus, that's one of the things that I will advise every parent when their children come to them and they're trying to see someone, they have to show faithfulness and commitment to Christ before you release them to any young lady, any young man. Man, that's exciting. Go ahead. That was about age 16, right? Yes, age 16. I say my parenting (laughs) advice comes a lot younger than that. Okay. It comes in the preschool (laughs) stages. When your child, as Shekinah was and still is, very obedient, and she began to fast and pray at age four, when I took her out of one of our prominent schools in the Delray area, to bring her back to my school, which was also prominent. Mm -hmm. She began to go to noonday prayer. 
and I will fix breakfast and lunch. Oh, yeah. Don't fix me. Don't give me any breakfast, Mommy. I'm going to eat after prayer with Aunt Sabrina. She fasts every day to afternoon day prayer. I said, okay, I'll put a little extra in there just in case. She said, you don't have to, but you can do it, but you don't have to. So she began two weeks the whole time from the Thanksgiving break to Christmas break to fast and pray Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday for the noontime prayer when she'd go sit with Aunt Sabrina and color and wait to go to noonday prayer while I would go to work. So I believe that training came in and it was instilled in behavior and that sort of thing was instilled into her. Mm -hmm. And with our son, he at a young age was a good listener Hallelujah, a very good listener at that time. So when we begin to train our children up at a young age, mm -hmm. and we, we will know who's going to be obedient and who's not going to be obedient. Mm -hmm. We're going to know who's going to stay up to 1 a.m. and do homework and who's going to do whatever they do and put it aside and, and watch TV. Have fun with your children. I will tell them have fun with them, but make sure you give them a spiritual life. A spiritual life. It's not religion. But really, it wasn't where we could say, oh, you got to be in church, you got to do this, that. but we made sure they had a spiritual life. You got to give your children a spiritual life for, for truth and promises. Spend that quality time, make sure it's real with them, and it's going to work out. God will work with you. The Lord works with you, and just, just know that each child is different. Mm -hmm. Build on your child's strength. Know that you gave them a name. A name is greater than rubies, the Word of God says, far above precious rubies and gold. So you gave them a name. Remember the child's name and call your child nothing but the name that you have given them. Wow. Amen. Amen. Well, this has been a really fun time with you all. Hopefully, the next time we get to do From the Walter's Couch, maybe we'll actually be in Florida on your couch instead. Can you guys um, bring this couch with you? No, we cannot do that. <laughs> but we can find you a better couch than the one you currently have. <laughs> um, I will say, usually at this point, I ask... Um, the folks that I'm talking to to share how folks can stay in touch with you but because I probably know it better than y'all do I'll say you can find Gregory and Stephanie Fashaw on Facebook at Gregory Stephanie Fashaw okay it's one Facebook they've taken being one to a whole nother level with one Facebook page for the both of them so when you see them comment y'all you never know if his mama or daddy commenting you can maybe catch on based Based on the words that are used or the emojis or whatever it might be but it's a fun game sometimes to try to figure out who's posting you all can also connect with them through his touch restoration training center you can go over to his touch rtc.org and as always I'm so happy that y'all could take a listen to the truths and promises podcast today if you want to connect with me or 1140 glory then go on over to 1140glory.com there you can find the show notes under our blog sign up for our thank god it's monday email list or join our own your journey facebook group and of course if this episode of from the walter's couch has blessed you in any way or if you have topics that you want to hear discussed right here on the podcast then let us know in the comment section of the blog and last but not least 
please be sure to share, share, share this with at least one friend and one family member. I hope that y'all are blessed and we will chat next time. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Everybody say bye. Bye-bye. Have a nice shalom, everyone. Have a nice shalom. Peace. (laughs)